Hello, I'm Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. I am filling in today as our Prairie Doc Radio host. I am a family physician with the Vera Medical Group Brookings and enjoy being part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. With us today is Brookings Health System's Wound Center Director, Kim Long. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. That's 605-692-1430. Good morning, Kim. Good morning, Dr. Ellsworth. So if you would start us out by just giving us a little background on yourself. Yeah. Um, So I am a nurse by trade. Um, A lot of my past experience has been working down in Sioux Falls at the Vera Heart Hospital. I have been wound care certified for about eight years, so really um, specializing in the non-healing wounds and how do we get them to heal. I have just recently joined with the Brookings Health System as the program director for the Wound Center and um, excited to treat patients in the community and um, really do that outreach on what services we are able to provide here in Brookings. That's awesome. Yeah, so now we've added this hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Uh, Tell me about that, if you would, please. Yeah, so hyperbaric oxygen therapy has been around for um, a lot of years. Um, What it is, is for patients with slow to heal wounds or other conditions, the patients actually go into this chamber per se but don't think of it very scary like it's very (laughs) it's wonderful you have a tv and patients are administered with 100 percent oxygen under a pressurized setting so similar to if you were going diving um 33 feet below sea level with the increase in pressure and the higher level of oxygen tissues get more oxygen to heal thus increasing the wound's chance to heal. So it really, it's a supplemental therapy um, for patients along with wound care and being seen by providers to get these more difficult wounds to heal more quickly. Nice, nice. And I have seen it and Mm -hmm. it isn't scary. You got this clear tube, large tube, and you get to lay down in Mm -hmm. it and they just kind of roll you in and roll you out, right? Yep, yep. And you can you can lay down, you can, you know, sit up. We have a TV that you can watch TV, listen to music. Um, we have Hulu, so if you want to start a series. Um, and then a respiratory therapist actually sits right next to your side for the entire treatment. Um, so it is continual one-to-one care while you are getting your therapy. But it but it is a clear, um, clear tube, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not as intimidating as it sounds. How, how long is that therapy? How long? So therapy typically um, is every day, Monday through Friday, and treatment sessions can be anywhere from two to two and a half hours at a time. So um, it is a commitment, but um, the long-term goal is we want these wounds to heal. So with that being said, treatment courses can be typically around six weeks. So we get to know these patients very, very well. And um, some of our patients we actually see in the wound center um, and the hyperbaric oxygen chambers are located within our department. So um, it it sounds like a large commitment, but some of these patients have been battling 
issues for many years that six weeks is actually light at the end of the tunnel. Gotcha. I mean, they maybe have had a sore for years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's a, yep, it's a Monday through Friday. Um, you come in. We want you to eat a good breakfast, and then you get to sit and have some quiet time, take a nap. Yeah. Wow. I definitely want to talk about more about that. Um, We'll take our first break here shortly. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime. You can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, and Brookings Health System's Wound Center Director Kim Long is here with me. Give us a call with your medical questions at 605-692-1430. So we've been talking about this hyperbaric oxygen therapy that's new at the Brookings Health System that's Mm -hmm. um, probably not available too many places. No, it's not. That is amazing that we have it here in Brookings. It it really is. Um, The closest place that there is a chamber to Brookings would be Sioux Falls, Um, and with them being such a large area, um, yeah. we've been getting referrals from other patients from outside, even the Brookings community. Sure. Um, but otherwise, Mitchell, Yankton, Aberdeen have um, chambers, but so not other, Watertown. Either. Not Watertown. Yeah. I think north, the closest would be potentially Fargo, and wow. east would be closer to the cities. What a great service we yep. have here. Mm-hmm. So if someone might need this. Um, what are some things they'd be looking for to know that, oh, this might help me heal better? Yep. So not every non-healing wound meets indication to have hyperbaric oxygen um, therapy. There are, we follow a, an association which guides us as to what um, has been known, proven effective for wounds. And so we follow those guidelines. Some of the more common ones are um, non-healing diabetic foot ulcers, um, and then some radiation injury. Um, And radiation injury burns can be either internal or external. So those are two of the more common types. Um, But, you know, if a patient thinks that they may meet indication, um, you know, first talking with the provider or giving us a call and we can really go through what may or may not meet indication. And then once, if and once a patient is um, deemed that, you know, you meet indication, those next steps, what, you know, what are they? We would actually get the patient set up for a medical clearance exam with um, 
one of our two specially trained hyperbaric oxygen therapy nurse practitioners, Katie um, Jones and Tanya Buchholz. So they've went through extensive special training in hyperbaric oxygen. And um, we would do a head to toe physical exam, go over past medical history, and, um, and then start the process from there because we want to make sure that the patient is safe to have the therapy completed. Yeah, you know, I'd add that anytime someone has a sore that's not healing, a wound that's not healing, they should get it looked at. Absolutely. And it, and it might not mean that you need hyperbaric yep. oxygen. I mean, but it could even mm. be a skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of times where, oh, this sore just won't heal or something. And, it, you know, so sometimes we want to make sure it's not mm-hmm. a cancer. Um, or at least then we could start looking into other treatment options. Yep. Um, I know sometimes you guys will do debridement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what is debridement? So, yeah, um, debridement is really a key process to um, getting wounds to heal. And um, I always, whenever I taught my patients on why do we we debride wounds, I kind of put it back into um, kind of farming aspects or planting aspects. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a lawn that has a bunch of weeds, new grass really can't grow. You got to get the weeds out and then get the new grass to grow. Um, I and like that, that. Yeah, and that's really how I would teach my patients. And then kind of the light bulb will go on and be like, that makes sense. So really that's what debridement is, is cleaning off the dead tissue that wounds can have to allow that new tissue to grow. Great. So We had a question come in and says, what is sepsis and how can it be prevented? Well, um, at your work at the heart hospital, I'm mm-hmm. sure you saw yep. that too. Yep. You know, so with sepsis is when there's an infection that someone gets that even gets into their blood and becomes systemic through their whole body. And, and that's a very serious mm-hmm. thing. Um, it can cause low blood pressures and, and it can be uh, fatal. Um, and so with sepsis, we've got protocols in the hospitals uh, that we do to, to get antibiotics as soon as possible and fluids as soon as possible. But this certainly ties into wounds. It, it, ab- it absolutely does. Um, uh, you know, there are several patients that would come in, and we have a nurse practitioner or provider see the patients every time. We do a set of vitals. We do a full mini assessment and we are able to assess those wounds if they are starting to have those signs and symptoms of infection and um, we do culturing we can do lab work Um, so because with sepsis you want to catch it early Um, early detection is really really key and sometimes at the wound center we do catch do catch them and then refer them on um, if they need to be seen in the emergency room or with their provider and really having that continuity of care with their um, primary care physician um, to make sure that they are well taken care of. So just to recap, sepsis is an infection in the blood mm-hmm. uh, for your body, yep. and it's causing a systemic reaction. That's a cascading event that we need to stop, and mm-hmm. we need to get some fluids and antibiotics going. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, of course, get to the source of the infection, yep. which that source might be a wound, which is why we want to try to get that wound healed. Yep. And one of the things we can do now at Brookings Health System is hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You know, yeah. you talked, you compared it to diving. 
Mm-hmm. So, so they're in this chamber and the pressure is being increased. Can they feel that? I mean, is that making the ears pop and stuff like that? Yep. One of the more, more common um, symptoms that patients can have are, is that ear popping sensation or that fullness, very compar- comparable to um, when you're flying on a plane or driving maybe in the mountains where you feel like you need to yawn, um, kind of do those little techniques to clear your ears. That is the one, one of the more common symptoms that patients have, or they may not have really anything at all. But that's where that respiratory therapist is sitting right at, at the bedside, um, assessing what, you know, what kind of sim- symptoms that they're showing and encouraging them to do some of these um, pressure-releasing techniques before the patient may experience any pain or anything like that. So it's a, a huge problem process with the pre-education before the patient even starts therapy to make sure that they know how to clear their ears. Why is it, you know, you mentioned diabetic wounds, um, other like other wounds. Why would someone have a wound that is taking so long to heal? Or why do diabetic mm-hmm. wounds take longer to heal sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a multitude different effect, different factors. One, you know, one of the more, more common um, reasonings is neuropathy you know why did the wound even start that decreased sense of sensation and feeling in the foot Um, so it starts with that but then with um, diabetes and the blood sugars it affects how the wounds heal and it typically causes them to heal on a more slower rate Um, in addition if blood sugars are too high then you have the increased risk for infection with which again decreases the chance for wounds to heal and a lot of these wounds are on um, the bottom of the feet and when you have that constant pressure from either improper fitting shoes um, or just maybe some foot deformities um, that pressure causes the wounds to heal at a slower rate so we also look at you know how can we offload that pressure Um, and each patient is tailored specifically to themselves because no foot is shaped exactly the same. So we really look at each patient as an individual, making sure that um, we can get it to heal by offloading, watching, you know, asking them every time they come in, you know, how have your blood sugars been? And really promoting um, that good control. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, blood sugar control is so important in mm-hmm. diabetes. It just affects all these different organ systems, like you said, with the nerves. It causes peripheral neuropathy, and then they can't feel their feet, mm-hmm. and they can't feel that there's a sore or pressure, and then it can get worse yeah. that way. And of course, it can affect the the blood vessels and decrease the blood flow. Yeah. Which is one of the biggest problems, not mm-hmm. with diabetes sores, but other types of ulcers yeah. or. Um, where if they have poor blood flow, poor circulation, it's mm-hmm. harder for it to heal, which is why if we can increase the oxygen content, mm-hmm. it can he- it can yep. heal better. Absolutely. And in addition, even if a patient doesn't have diabetes and it's not necessarily a diabetic foot wound, we um, have a unique machine that does some blood pressures to the lower legs and to the arm. And we can, right in the clinic, check to see how is your circulation um, because if you don't have the circulation, regardless of diabetes or not, we're not going to get that wound, that wound to heal. So we're able to assess that right in the clinic as well. That's great. We'll take another break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. 
Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. It is important as we age to add strength training to aerobic exercises. These activities will help you build strength, maintain bone density, and improve balance, coordination, and mobility, and reduce the risk of falling so that you can stay independent and perform activities of daily life. Talk with your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings about strength training and get started today. Thank you for that informative message from the Avera Medical Group. And just a reminder, our programs are available on Apple Podcasts. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. And I know it because my wife does it uh, by within a few days every time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, uh, Bob was just asking us a good question about honey. Yep. I've heard that sometimes they'll put honey mm-hmm. on wounds. Yeah. Can you tell us about that or, or yeah. some of the tricks that they're doing? Yeah, there? so, um, you know, we, we look at each wound as a in as each individual um and some people may think you know i want the wound open to air i want it to dry out um and really in wound healing we don't want the wounds to dry out um it leads to um, increased risk for infection it leads to increase er, slower wound healing in general so sometimes for some more of the drier wounds or if they need a little bit of that cleaning up that debridement we use a medical grade honey um, and we put that honey right on the wound bed and it does a few different things. It adds some moisture to the wound. It helps debride it um, slower than if a physician were to take a scalpel to it, but um, it's a nicer treatment. And then um, it actually has some antimicrobial properties in it, kind of that natural um, aspect. So. You know, we use MedHoney for quite a few different things because it is gentle, but we always tell our patients, don't put it on your morning toast. (laughs) (laughs) But it, yeah, there are all sorts of different advanced wound modalities that are out there that we have at the wound center that um, we know the purpose, we know what it is best used for, we've seen it work on other patients, and we really do just tailor that treatment to each individual patient. Could you give us an example of someone who's had surgery and may have a wound that they should get looked at? Yep. So, um, you know, sometimes after surgery, if the wound doesn't heal properly, if it opens up or if there's signs of symptoms of infection, um, you know, redness, swelling, drainage, if you have a fever, um, you know, we want to make sure that you reach out to your doctor right away. Um, but your doctor may refer you on to wound care if that wound opens up. Um, because sometimes you're not able to just sew it back up. And in that aspect, we would look at the wound and um, pack it with a certain dressing. We really do look at, you know, what resources you have at home, whether you're using home health services or um, you know, what, what really is available? Can the patient reach the wound in general? Um, we really love the use of wound vac therapy where um, a special packing is put into the wound and then it is hooked up to a little vacuum type of machine that the patient carries, carries around. I talk to them like it's, it's their little purse. <laughs> and that negative pressure 
um, new tissue thrive in that type of environment because it's it's sucking. It's sucking. Yep. So it's do it's again doing wound multiple vacuum. different things. Wound yep. vacuum. Wound vacuum. Yep. So it's sucking out any drainage that it may have. It's also containing that wound from environmental factors, um, and then that sucking that negative pressure. The the tissues just thrive and grow so much faster um, in that setting. So we'll have patients come see us. Um, two to three times a week, and we would be the ones to change it. So it's low maintenance for the patient besides plugging the machine in at night. Sure. Um, and we get a lot of the surgical wounds to heal with that type of therapy. Yeah, I've seen that help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great yep. thing too, it for is. sure. Um, what are some examples where a patient might not actually have a visible open wound but need treatment with this hyperbaric oxygen therapy? Yep. So that could be more of the radiation type of injuries. So if patient has had cancer in the past, even 20, 30 years ago in the past, there may be some internal injuries. Um, one of the more common ones more common ones is if you um, had radiation to like your lower abdomen area and it affected your bladder. Um, You could actually get open sores on the inside of your bladder, um, which could be very uncomfortable for a patient. So by having hyperbaric oxygen for that type of instance, the patient's getting that increased oxygen under that pressure, which then can assist in wound healing on the inside um, that might not be visible on the outside. What should a patient do if they're interested in seeing seeing someone about their wounds? What do you recommend? Yep. So a couple different aspects. They can call their provider and say, hey, you know, I have this wound that is just not healing. What are your thoughts? Um, or the patient can just give us a call. Um, we do not need a referral from a provider for a patient to come in. And so just call the 605-696-8068. And then um, we will get you in. And we have um, three providers. We have Tanya Buchholz, Katie Jones, and then Dr. Harrell, our podiatrist. So depending on the location of the wound, we would get you in. We are open Monday through Friday. We also have um, specially trained nurses that go along with the provider, and um, we'll get you seen. What a great service yeah. for our community. That's, yeah. that's excellent. You know, I when I was touring it uh, the other day, um, they mentioned how in sports they're mm-hmm. using these a yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yep, there. I think LeBron James. I saw Tim Tebow has one at his home. <laughs> yep. It, but you know, the theory is um, after they exercise, it's more part of their recovery. Hmm. They go in and it assists in the muscle recovery. So um, that that's what they they do. And they'll have uh, horses do it before yep. the horse race. Yep. I'm sure all Veterinary. those horses in the Kentucky Derby got yep. inside their hyperbaric I, oxygen therapy and, chambers and first. Got a little boost. And it's legal. And it's legal. <laughs> yep. You know, it's, it's, it's a good reminder how important oxygen is for yep. our bodies. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think about, you know, conditions that cause lower oxygen, how important mm-hmm. and helpful that can be. I see it all the time, you know, with sleep apnea. Yep. People's oxygen is getting down to the 70s, 60s percent sometimes when we mm-hmm. want it in the upper 90s. Yeah. Um, and, and that day at night after night after night, how hard that is on the body yep. and increasing your risk of 
heart attack and stroke and dementia mm -hmm. and poor healing and mental fogginess and yeah. and looking and aging quicker. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think about um, lung disease and some patients that have lung disease and they really should be on oxygen and they don't yeah. want to have to carry it around. I know. And I understand that, but boy, it's so mm -hmm. important for for your body and to feel better. Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We'll, we will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Stroke is the fifth leading cause of death in the United States. A stroke occurs when a clot blocks the blood supply to part of the brain or when a blood vessel in or around the brain burst. In either case, parts of the brain become damaged or die. Stroke can cause weakness or numbness of an arm or leg on one side of the body or even one side of the face. It can also affect speech, language, vision, memory, emotions, and behavior. Talk with your provider about stroke prevention. Call the Vera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Dr. Andrew Ellsworth, and Brookings Health System's Wound Center Director, Kim Long, is here with me. We've been talking about the hyperbaric oxygen therapy chambers that we now have mm -hmm. at Brookings Health System, and uh, we have two of them. Yes, we do. And we're doing these five, how many five, days a week? Five days a week. Um, and we have a respiratory therapist that is the individual who sits right next to the patient the entire time for the therapy so if the patient needs anything they are right there but when a patient comes in for the morning um, or the afternoon whichever session that they are in for their straight therapist they do their vitals they check a blood sugar making sure the patient um, has eaten a meal because sometimes it can actually lower your blood sugar in the hyperbaric oxygen chamber so or therapy um, so we actually want the patient to have their blood sugar just a little bit higher than maybe what hmm. their doctor has hmm. really enforced them so sometimes when we talk to patients that you know we want you kind of that 120 to 140 they're like that's great you know my doctor wants me lower than that so we're just already, don't tell them just right don't now. tell them yep no, that's so, a good range. Good yeah. Range. So we're, um, you know, like I said, we check their vitals, make sure um, that the patient's safe to go in medically. Um, the respiratory therapist, they have a series of checklists that they go through because um, it's all about it's all about safety, safety yeah. for the patient, safety for the therapist in the room. Um, so it's just a wonderful service that we are able to provide here locally so our patients don't have to travel to Sioux Falls. Does insurance cover it pretty well? It, it They do. Um, now, if it is within the um, research diagnoses that have been proven effective, which Medicare is up to 13 different diagnosis codes that it is um, treated for, and they're constantly adding more and more because this is it's a high researched area. So I anticipate each year we'll add more and more diagnosis codes to that. Um, but that is part of the process before a patient starts. We do an insurance um, verification um, and we go through all of that because we wanna make sure that um, the patient doesn't have any unexpected 
Right, bills. right. But you think about the. This is a preventative thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a treatment. Mm-hmm. But boy, if we can prevent sepsis, if we can mm-hmm. prevent amputations, mm-hmm. if we can prevent ongoing infections yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and hospitalizations. And yep, amputation is the is a big one. We our goal is to prevent amputations. Um, just with with everything that comes with somebody needing an amputation. Um, we want to make sure we can preserve, and that's where hyperbaric oxygen is a adjunct therapy to wound care and to coming in and seeing us and maybe that debridement that we talked about to getting the wound cleaned up. Um, so it really is just a piece of the puzzle is kind of how I think of it. We said how this is, you know, for wounds that are maybe having a hard time healing. Of course, we have to look at expectations. You know, mm-hmm. if a wound is you know, size of an orange or, yep. or three yep. inches. I mean, how long should it take to heal mm-hmm. typically? What should you watch for? So we, multiple different factors again, but our, our goal is to see 50% wound healing within four weeks, okay. especially with a diabetic patient. Um, and four weeks kind of sounds like a, a lot, but um, we with some of the large wounds we have, um, during that four weeks, you just see progress every single visit and each time and just really staying, um, you know, encouraged by th- even the small yeah. steps in wound care because it's it's a slow process at times. Well, thank you so much, Kim, yeah, for, com- for coming me. here and telling us about mm-hmm. the new hyperbaric oxygen therapy option at Perkins Health System. Yeah, thank you. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with Prairie Doc, most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This Thursday, May 6th, Prairie Doc host Dr. Jill Cruz and Dr. Clarissa Barnes of Avera Medical Group Hospitalists will discuss the struggles faced by mothers and children during the COVID-19 pandemic. Tune in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Vera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit prairiedoc.org. And for Prairie Doc, wherever you find your podcasts. My thanks to Kim Long for joining us today. And as Rick would say, stay healthy out there, people.